This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge. Welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm Sergio. We're here today with one of our non-canon reviews. We will be reviewing The Purge Election Year. That's the third one in the series. Yes, it is. Why don't they number them? Uh, Probably because, well, usually horror series stop numbering at a certain point, so you don't notice how many there have been. Uh-huh. But this one, I don't know. They just feel like it. Okay. I guess because they tried to make it like a standalone series up until yeah. they decided that, you know, Frank Grillo is money, so let's let's get some money out of him. Yeah, I guess you're right, because um, if, if they said The Purge 2, they're like, where's Ethan Huck? Where's Cersei Lannister? Yeah. But now, it's The Purge election year. And we're actually recording this the weekend of release, but we will be releasing this episode the weekend that the uh, DVD Blu-ray gets released into stores near you. So be sure to rent it on Redbox. And we actually, we're going to discuss this movie front to back. We're going to do some solid spoiling of this movie. So if you have not seen it, if you desperately want to see it, uh, check it out on Redbox and then come back to us. But um, Sergio and I will give quick and dirty thoughts, um, spoiler free. Very light political discourse presented in a non-serious manner that is very hard to take seriously. That is a joke. I'm going to be less kind to this movie and say, I wish I could purge it from my bowels because I did not like the purge. First, as always, the plot. As a young girl, Senator Charlie Roan survived the annual night of lawlessness that took the lives of her family members. As a presidential candidate, Roan is determined to end the yearly tradition of bloodlust once and for all. When her opponents hatch a deadly scheme... The senator finds herself trapped on the streets of Washington, D.C., just as the latest purge gets underway. Now it's up to Leo Barnes, her head of security, to keep her alive during the next 12 hours of mayhem. And Leo Barnes is played by returning badass sexy man in his 50s, Frank Grillo. Am I supposed to agree with that? You're supposed to go, mmm. Or or you can go, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, like the ladies in the Offspring song. I don't really agree with that. I saw an interview with Frank Grillo, and I was pretty turned off by him. Really? Is he, like, really into himself? He's just just not smart talk, you know? Maybe he's upset that he's number two to Dylan McDermott, who is the sexiest man over 50 who's alive. Are we sure he's over 50? Yeah, he's in his, like, 50s. (laughs) Um, oh, okay, Tom Cruise is also, I think, in there, but I don't find him that attractive. Like, he's... Because he, he's short. No, uh, Tom Cruise is ageless and, like, pristine and beautiful, but mm-hmm. I'm not attracted to him in any way. He just looks like a Ken doll. I'm not into that. Okay. Anyway, uh, welcome to the Gab cast, where yeah. we talk about Tom Cruise. No, this is Man a horror 50. podcast. We watched the Purge election year, and we're going to share our thoughts with you. Starting with scariness. Sergio, what's your scariness ranking for this film? I was scared probably at one point where there was a jump scare. So I'm giving it two out of five screams. For for, I, for the one jump I, scare. I think that literally is one scream. <laughs> but I mean, that was like a stand. Like it was a, like a standard. It was effective. It wasn't effective, really. 
I felt cheated. Um, it was a standard level of like suspense that they both threw out, but suspense isn't necessarily scary. Like they okay, yeah, and yeah, that's why I gave but, it two out of five. But what jump scare was it? I don't remember. Is it the one where the the person bursts through a car window in a way that is literally impossible? No. The the people pretending to be dead. Yeah, I remember. Oh, fun fact: when I was little, I used to do Halloween. Um. And I would dress up. <laughs> wow, you're so unique. <laughs> and one of the houses every freaking year that we would visit had these like four teenagers, or I'm guessing they were adults. Like, and they would just be dressed up in screams. They would be the ghost face. Ghost faces. They would just be dressed up as ghost face and be lounging about the yard, all dead like. And then as you walked up to the house, they would scare you. Okay. As ghost face. He just he would reanimate because they would be dead, and then it freaked me out every year, year after year. So, so they really, they literally tapped into a childhood fear for this one. Yes. You know what I was not afraid of as a kid? <laughs> what, Brian? Um, half-baked political allegory, because that's like all this movie has to offer. I don't know. I'm going to give it two out of five screams. There were parts, like, when we're traveling through the Purge, it's kind of like a tram tour of, like, random Purge destinations, just yeah. like uh, the Purge Anarchy. I hated um, how slow-mo it all was, though. Oh, yeah. It was like, uh, look at this image. It's very, like, uh, Roland Emmerich, where it's like, because he's all disaster porn and he's like, look at this. The Statue of Liberty doesn't have her head or whatever. Uh-huh. But this one, it's like, there's people hanging from a tree and someone's spinning sparklers underneath her. Or we've written Purge on the Lincoln Monument. Political like allegory. There was a pretty shot. I did like some of the Purge people that were wandering around. Like there were some freaky moments just of people just being crazies in the background. It was just kind of like walking through this nightmare fun house. And I liked that, but... I don't think I was really afraid of anything like in the A plot of this movie. It's yeah, a, see? It's it was action con- horror more uh-huh. than anything. Like it had its constant little flow of setting the tone, but there was no scares. Absolutely. So what about campiness? Oh my god. There is a lot of over the top acting in this movie. Um I'm gonna save one character for you to talk about that I know you wanna talk about. But the who I wanna bring up in this conversation is like the president of the New Founding Fathers Association or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he has the warbliest evil old man voice and he's like, We've got to find that senator and I'm just like you That's want- a pretty dead on impression, I must say. Thank you. He's like, You want this apple dearie? He's like an evil witch. I mm-hmm. like his voice a lot. I remember you telling me that as we were watching it. You kept pushing something that was like Brennan shh important exposition is being explained oh totally honestly i really don't like that scene because i don't think we needed to see the new founding fathers we needed to know that white men are the root of all evil no i just think this movie spent so much time in the introduction we we have three full days of pre-purge action to learn about all this dumb political stuff we literally talk about points in the polling we talk about how we got okay, to earn the, the points, electoral colleges in florida the points were like maybe one minute to two minutes no but like this is all intro that we don't need for this dumb movie okay because like in the first purge they purge started like five minutes in mm-hmm. like it's ethan hawk coming home then the purge starts like that's all the exposition we need mm-hmm. and in this freaking thing we got like 20 minutes of pre-purge footage we get to see. Well, they know America's public isn't up to date with their current, you know, political agendas. Oh, my God. Speaking of over the top, this movie is basically uh, liberals versus conservatives. Um, as, as any election cycle is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yes, as any election cycle is. But it's like this crazy over the top because the liberal senator presented by uh, Elizabeth Mitchell of Lost fame. She played Juliet on Lost. 
Um, Never saw that. I know. Her character is like this beautiful blonde angel who, in all the trailers, we called her like. We thought she was a porn yeah, star, Senator to be frank. McPornbottom, because she looks so pretty. And so she's like this beautiful angel. She's nice to everyone. She's she's basically like running around like Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life, like changing everyone's life. Do you not know that movie? I've the never angel? seen it. You've never shown it to me? I'm sorry. It's, it's not like a favorite of mine, but it's like a thing. But all the Republicans <laughs> are like these wizened old crones. Mm-hmm. And there's um this minister who's running for office opposite our, our beloved Charlie Roan. And he has this altar boy helper, oh my God. helper man. Who is, I called him, like, Edward Alterboy Hands. Like, he's just, like, this pale, cackling, like, Igor-esque character. And it's so crazy. He's, like, Nux from Mad Max Fury Road. He's got, like, the pale face and chapped lips. Nux was more, or, sorry, Nux was more lively than this guy was. Oh, yeah, no. no, This guy was just a walking ghoul. He was, like, Nux, but from a horror film. He was, like, a demon come to life. And his character was so crazy, and I, I really appreciated that. I mean... Um, I don't think it's going on a limb to say that I hold liberal political views, but every representation of anyone in this movie, I was like deeply like, this is really wrong. Like this is, this is like politics as understood by a six year old. It's like really, really half baked. There's a, there's a lot of misunderstandings going on in the political allegory here, which I have a whole talk prepared. So get ready for that. But what's your campiness score? I started off giving it a three, but then I was reminded about the performance of Edward McAlter boy. <laughs> yeah, Edward McAlter boy, as well as little, little, that little schoolgirl. Yes, let's talk about her. Um, what was her name? Do you happen to know her name? No idea. She she was. We could call her Candy Girl because she yeah. wanted Snickers. She wanted to steal a Snickers. Her main plot line was that she was going to attack our friend Joe, who was another you know point of of camp. Yeah, Joe it, and all his great one-liners. Yeah, he is the owner of what what is called a deli, but I'm fair. It, it was a convenience store. It was right? a convenience store. I don't remember seeing any cold cuts in there. Yeah, he was like, "I'm the deli man." I'm like, I don't. Although they did have a, like a little setup where people sat down, like a deli has. That may, I guess, but I saw no meat. I was very confused. We got Joe. He's the owner of this deli that is clearly a convenience store. Mm-hmm. Um, he's played by Bubba Gump. Um, from For- well, Bubba Blue or whatever his name is from Forrest Gump. Yeah, I was surprised. Some people who were in the lobby told me. I'm glad he's getting work though, right? Yeah. And then there's he, his, his friends and uh, our Frank Grillo and our senator like team up later on to try and survive the purge together. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe's also friends with Lainey, who's like a purge. I love Lainey to yeah. be honest. Lainey's a badass. She's like this purge vigilante EMT where she's like going around because all emergency services are suspended, but she's like a she works like, triage. Yeah, like a handmade triage nurse who's like helping people survive. The the purge which is really really cool mm-hmm. and then there's uh, marcos who is a well he's an, an immigrant from mexico he's been a citizen for like two years but he's been around for like seven years or something uh-huh. and he's from juarez as we will find out in super racist dialogue about like every day is like the purge in juarez Maybe that was, you know, bringing up some important political issues. Literally everything in this movie is bringing up important political issues, but in the worst way possible. Well, that's just terrible script writing. You got to bring that up with that one guy. Yeah. No, the script writing is terrible. But let's talk. We'll talk about that in quality. Okay. Um, did you? T- let's talk about Candy Girl. 
We got distracted. Oh, she yeah. She wants to steal a candy bar from Joe's Crab Shack mm-hmm. from Bubba Gump. And uh, Lainey is like kind of a celebrity and she makes the girl stop and give the candy bar back. So the girl is like vowed revenge on this man because it's purge night and people care about candy so damn much. So, yeah. So Candy Girl comes back. She's like, I'm here to to get my candy because she's been she's been craving that sweet tooth for a while now. She shows up dressed in what is a fairy costume, right? Uh, there's like a weird like fang mask that says kiss me on the forehead. Mm-hmm. Like most of the masks were like weird political things like evil George Washington or evil yeah. Statue of Liberty. So I was like, is this, is this a politic that I don't know about? Mm-hmm. The kiss me candidate. Yeah. She shows up with that, but I really like the car she shows up in that she oh, rides yeah. in on with all the little lights and stuff. Yeah. Her car is like covered in Christmas lights, like mm-hmm. all cross hatched and all she's with a whole bunch of girls. It's like a bachelorette party. It was like three. Like. They They're show up at three. Sorry, they don't show up at 3 a.m. They show up with three girls. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they, they're all sexy with their, like, chainsaw things. All, okay. Like, I know, like, they're supposed to be sexy and whatnot, but the thing that, like, really bothered me was how slow motion it all was. Oh, yeah. It was very porny. Yeah. It was like, okay, I get it. They're sultry. They're supposed to be seducing me with their, you know, young whims or whatever the hell. But I was just turned off by, like, how long it was. It was like, uh-huh. five minutes of nothing but slow motion. I cut into their boobs. Yeah, there was it was a long stretch. Mm-hmm. I think what he was trying to go for was it was like a a corruption of seduction. But he did that for so many other things though. Yeah, he really loved his slow motion. Uh, do you remember the fighting scene like under the tunnel with the dudes with the sword fight? So, like the yes. Uh, he did love his slow mo- like anything. Um, when we were introduced to anything, it would be in slow motion first, and then it would be like rapidly sped up, and usually just like for cuts. Yeah, I'm, well, he just he really wanted you to notice how grotesque and sickening the purge is. Uh-huh. So, like, anything that happened with the purge that we're driving by, you get to go, <gasps> and watch it in slow motion as it's happening. It's but I feel like that in. takes me out. Uh, he did do it way too much. Uh-huh. There were certain moments, like, there's one where people are hanging from a tree, and the girl's, like, spinning around beneath it. And I was like, that's a pretty shot, so I'm okay hanging out here. Uh-huh. But you're right, a lot of it's like, come on, man. Um, so back to Candy Girl. <laughs> Yeah, candy girl, you like to eat Snickers. Okay, she so she shows up to his place. Um, she's demanding her candy, and she's going to, like, torch the, the little convenience shop if he doesn't. So, like, we're introduced to Marcos again. Marcos shows up with, like, a with, like a rifle. And his hardened Juarez spirit. Yeah. Um, and he shows her what's what. Like, he gets rid of her. Yeah, he sh- does he, like, graze her skull with his bullet like, or something? Like, I think it's her ear. Her ear? Okay. He grazes her ear or he shoots her ear and that's enough for her to leave. He's like, you're not man enough to man enough to um, shoot me or do anything about it. And Marco's like, he may not be what I am. Mm-hmm. And so off she goes with her little fairy self. Yeah. Honestly, that scene, I know the slow motion bothered you, but that scene is probably the scene that I enjoyed the most because <gasps> controversy. It's got Christmas lights all over. Okay. I love Christmas um, lights. They're blaring Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. Was it the Miley Cyrus version or was it like the... It might have been a cover uh-huh. that was cheaper, but it, it's Party in the USA. Uh-huh. And the, this is this is what I wanted from election year. I wanted over-the-top, like over-Americanized, like the political allegory was always going to be crummy, but uh-huh. I was expecting it to be this kind where it's like the Statue of Liberty mask and Party in the USA 
and like bachelorette party girls with their garters covered in blood mm-hmm. and it was fun like it was crazy and stupid and over the top and that's what i was expecting and that's not mm-hmm. what i got a lot of okay i, I can feel that yeah i agree the slum was way too much and her performance how did you feel about it um everything well i think you described it best when you said that everything that she said was just forced out of her mouth yeah she's like, like come out here uh-huh did you like her like mickey mouse head buns that she had those were cute okay mm-hmm. she reminded me of that one um she's like a vine star that works for buzzfeed you do probably don't know who this girl is She's famous for those. He got money vines. Oh yeah, you, you're you're one with the kids, but I don't. I'm I'm like ninety years old I'm in sorry. in internet years. I work with the kids. Mm-hmm. There's an Elizabeth video out if you're aware of it. Elizabeth Mitchell, who played Senator Charlie Roan in this movie. No, the Elizabeth video that's currently out and popular with the kids and old people such as myself. Actually, I hate this video. Um, it's so obviously like made to be a, a thing and it's about like okay. this friend and his drunk white girlfriend elizabeth and now he's chasing her throughout the night and she's just drunk from beginning to end and it's all like a series of snap stories oh i hate media today i'm old you should purge it we should purge vine <laughs> yeah oh my god um and snapchat okay. <laughs> all right let's move on to fx what's your fx score sergio um for effects, i'm gonna give it I gave it three. I I was must have feeling generous earlier. <laughs> must have been wasted. Uh, three Snickers. three out of five fireworks. Um, I wasn't really impressed with anything. It was a really low budget film. Um, I felt that a lot of the slow mo that we talked about earlier was done to take up time. Okay. Uh, I didn't feel it really organic. I didn't feel like it did anything to enhance the atmosphere. Like the Germans when we were introduced oh to them. God. Like I wasn't convinced that this was like an actual reporting thing. It was just so clearly done with. I feel like I could have done this with my camera, you know. Because it opens with a news report, and you uh-huh. said you were feeling like it, that was not. Just, it just looks so fake. Oh, okay. Like I know that Splumhouse's deal that they like to cut corners and cut costs, and I respect that. But at the same time, like when a movie. Like when you're doing a sequel, you typically do them bigger and better, and unless and it just didn't work out this way, you know. Huh. I was underwhelmed. Okay, I, I don't, I don't know if I feel that way about like the news report. This is just like I, a general feeling about the entire okay. thing. I feel like it was completely unnecessary to put a news report in the mm-hmm. beginning. It was a very lazy plot device, uh-huh. and I was very deeply bothered by the fact that like um there were some cool purge ideas here. Uh-huh. Um, there was the vigilante EMT and like, oh, the, like the emergency triage setup, and then like some ideas of like how would people react to the purge, mm-hmm. and then there was an idea that I thought was good, where it's like um, there's murder tourism, where people from other countries are coming to visit America during mm-hmm. the purge, so they can purge as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my problem is, is what you were saying, is that the only people we see visiting are Germans and Russians. Okay. So you thought that was problematic. Yes. I think that we should maybe let Germany off the hook because of world war two and maybe not drag them into this right now. To be fair, they mentioned a variety of other countries that were also on board with, uh, killing tourism. See, no, they mentioned them, but we only saw Germans and Russians. Okay. We never saw anyone from South Africa. Like they said, we're mm-hmm. coming or whatever. But I just... I'm sure in the German translation, they're probably French. 
I'm sure that'd be great, actually. I just like <laughs> I I think a lot of this movie is trying to make a political statement and just doing it so poorly in in such a tacky kind of offensive mm-hmm. way that it really bothered me on like a kind of a fundamental level. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm gonna give it a uh, two out of five fireworks for FX. Yeah, there honestly, there's not a lot of blood in this movie that I was I was kind of like the most impressive thing was the drone. Spoiler alert, there's really? a little drone. Uh, like, there was an explosion at one point, but, like, I felt this explosion was terrible. Yeah. The explosion that I saw, like, last week or, no, like, uh, last week on Game of Thrones was way more interesting. Yeah, it it's all messed up. It um, I, I, I wasn't as bothered by the low quality of the mm-hmm. effects as you were. I, I mostly was willing to believe in them, but mm-hmm. there wasn't really You know what really bothered me? On. What? How much of an A-team, like, the shootouts were, like, A-team style? So the A team shoot like shootouts are famous because there's a bunch of bullets flying everywhere and nobody gets hit. Yeah, um, and that's basically all that happened here. Like bullets were flying, but nobody that we really cared about was ever hit. Like Frank Grillo was hit in the shoulder at one point uh-huh. with a spoiler alert. It was a tracer bullet. Yeah, a tracking device. Uh huh. But like there were so many flying around him, I felt like he would have seen the glowing lights on the bullets like yeah, on the you're ground. Right. And it was, yeah, it was like it was like a James Bond thing where he runs through a hail of machine gun fire and he's totally great. Uh-huh. Or like like old westerns where people are falling down, but there's not really any blood. Yeah, um, which is fine, I guess, but that's not good Again, for the cutting FX corners. Score. Yeah, cutting corners, Blumhouse. All right, Sergio, it's time to synthesize all of this complaining into one solid quality score. I'm gonna give it two out of five unlucky stars. I wasn't impressed by much in this movie. I went in expecting like to be blown away by the political discourse, <laughs> but it was all just like a couple notes shy of being there. Like they had the inklings of something great, but the script that they were given. Oh my God. Wasn't this script is like banana nut cake. It's uh-huh. the worst. Sounds like it was written by someone who failed like AP Gov in high school. Yeah. Uh, James DeMonaco wrote and directed this film and mm-hmm. he did the other two Purge films. It's like he's a different person every time. Mm-hmm. The first time he was like bright eyed ingenue mm-hmm. who was like ready to make a statement. Yeah. Second time he was like John Carpenter plus Tony Scott making a fun action film. This time he was like that guy that posts political stuff on Facebook and doesn't understand <laughs> what he's talking about. So, what was your favorite line in this script? Uh, we're not doing champion dialogue because I can't get quotes, but this script is so unsubtle and awful. Oh my god, favorite line! Or, like your like, least le- I'm favorite in quotes. Like, what line stood out to you the most? In this, the line that made me like my skin crawl was the chicken line. God. I can't repeat it though because it's so racist. If you want to repeat it, go ahead. Uh, with the caveat that caveat I, caveat, caveat, or caveat with the caveat that I don't agree with anything stated in this uh line and it was i'll do it i'll do it i'll do it i can see you just know uh this is a white dude writing for a black actor yeah and a black actor had to repeat this line and somehow uh uh, props to mckelty williamson i believe is his name for doing anything to sell this line Uh you ready i'm gonna like whitewash it a little bit he's like a bunch of black people are coming, and we're standing here looking like fried chicken. They're like a bucket of chicken. Uh-huh. And that's so deeply, deeply 
tacky and offensive and tasteless. I'm going to say what you were afraid to say. Um, this character keeps calling people like my Negro, uh-huh. which first of all, just no. Mm-hmm. Uh, second of all, it was so clearly written by a white dude. He wasn't comfortable saying the N word. Yeah. Um, but he shouldn't have said it at all. Like he knew what he was saying was offensive. So he tried to water it down. Doesn't make it better. Yeah. Still not unoffensive. Um, but I literally any character of any race in this movie was poorly represented. Even the white people, like I was saying with the Germans and the Russians. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, these movies are about how the rich are using the purge to target the poor and the disenfranchised. Mm -hmm. And that's a really clever concept that I like, Mm -hmm. but he does not seem to understand what it means to be a poor or disenfranchised person of any ethnicity. And the way they speak to one another yeah the way they speak to one another about themselves uh waffles waffles anybody oh god there's a character who's he's literally he's there for color and i don't mean in the ethnic way although he is Mm african-american he's just there in the deli convenience store at the beginning and they're like his name's like red or something dumb and they're like oh you old man red and he's like his one line is all i'm thinking about is waffles and pussy and they, Aren't we all? Aren't they, we all searching for that They bring it up life? later, and it's so bad. <laughs> it's, ah, uh, uh, God, I just can't deal with it. And there's a line. What was okay? Um, sorry, we're getting like really blue here. Yeah. But this is the this is the fault of the movie. Mm-hmm. There is a word that I don't like to repeat, but I will say it. Um, the word cocksucker is used like eighty times in this movie. Um, which along with Negro is just a word that I'm not cool with. And that's like the go-to insult from a lot of people. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, I thought we'd phase that word out. I have not heard anyone say that word in years. I've heard it used around, but never just so sorry. Like I've heard it used, but never so abundantly. And so forced. Yeah. Like so inorganically, it had no reason to be there. And Mm -hmm. it was, like, there was a lot of use of um, the F word as well in a way that was just like, I couldn't think of anything clever to say. And so... It, it ran out of adjectives. <laughs> yeah. It was just... It was very much an insult that he was like, that's an insult that people use. I'm going to use it forever. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was just really... Just a lack of, like, diction. Diction variety, syntax. Yeah. And, I mean, even the line... <laughs> yeah. Yes. But even the lines that weren't deeply offensive were just bad. This is a cornball script. Like, mm-hmm. there was a line where, like, I'll butter your bagel. And it was not a sex line. It was like a, like a. Who said that again? I remember it. Uh, Mikos, Carlo, what, Marcos. Mar- Marcos. Marcos said it to Joe. Where it was like, I'll butter your bagel under his breath. And they were like, ooh, he said it. And I'm uh-huh. like, what did he say? And this one dude is shouts, like, the purge is Halloween for adults. Which is not a line that any human being would ever say. Yeah. Um, in that context, at least. Just this, I uh, if this wasn't clear, I also gave it a two out of five. Unlucky stars. Uh-huh. I came into this movie expecting like some fun, like political cornball, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I did not expect to be so deeply offended by this movie. Yeah, it's tasteless, and everything it tries to say about um, poor people, about police violence, about gun violence. 
I think it's a lot of friendly fire because it ends up hurting all the people it's trying to help with mm-hmm. these really awful racist depictions of these characters. It's very, very anti-violence and anti-gun violence. Uh, th- okay, this is a problem with most action films in that we're supposed to cheer when the bad guys are killed, but we're supposed to cry when we get shot. Um, it's a thing about, like, but it's, it's just in a movie that so explicitly abhors violence where we're also supposed to cheer on violence, it's mm-hmm. weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm okay with violence in movies, obviously. I'm into horror films. Yeah. But it it's really, really uncomfortable to me that this movie is supposed to be an allegory for for Ferguson, mm-hmm. for Orlando, for all of our problems with guns that we've been having and violence in our, sh- in our streets. Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to cheer when a teenage black girl gets shot in the face. She gets run over by a car and shot in the face. This is Candy Girl, who's supposed to be a villain. Mm -hmm. And I understand that. But I just feel like the messages here are so warped and mixed. Yeah. And I was so uncomfortable watching this movie. I have so many problems with this movie. Mm -hmm. They've pulled off the, like, bad action and... Sorry, not bad action, but, like, bad gun violence and good good violence, like, mixed together before. Uh It's just that this time they did it, it was just... Well, because, this, okay, this guy is not Steven Spielberg. He's mm-hmm. not, it, this is James DeMonico from wherever the hell he's from. Purge fame. I, there are some good things about this movie. I liked the, the Nightmare Funhouse quality. Um, I think the plot was more coherent because there was an actual antagonist as to, as opposed to Anarchy where the antagonist was the Purge and there was no like real drive to the story. But I was so deeply offended by so much of what was going on. It's not like, oh, that movie's like, uh, offensive. I didn't like it. It's like this movie is has no idea what it's saying mm-hmm. or why it's saying it, and it's hurting everyone in the process. Like um, a, a couple of the lines that Joe has about being a black person. It's like, okay, whatever, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But every line he says is about being a black person. Yeah, and that's a problem. Yeah, he is not defined by anything else. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a character except for sassy black friend. Who gets shot? This is not... Oh, my God. The picture that they use at the end to honor him was oh so God. bad. Yeah, there's, there's like a memorial picture of him at the convenience store. Uh, tell me about the picture. I don't remember a lot about the actual picture. I just remember that it was dumb. It just... It seems so, like, grandpappy. <laughs> yeah. So posed. Yeah. It was just... This wasn't good. It seemed like a caricature picture. Like, that wasn't the badass Joe or any kind of Joe we'd seen. It was just a smiling, like, lunatic. Like, he was supposed to be a martyr to this movie. Yeah, people started cracking up when they saw that picture. Oh, yeah, everyone did. Yeah. It was so dumb. Mm-hmm. Like, I expected this movie to be deeply dumb, but I did not expect it to be as tasteless. As offensive. As yeah, as, like, deeply problematic as it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's let's talk about it in context of the entire Purge franchise. All right. What's your favorite Purge film out of the three? Um, my favorite films ranking would be uh, the sequel, uh, Purge Anarchy, is my favorite. Uh, the original Purge would be my second favorite, and then the third Purge uh, is just there. I agree. That's my exact ranking. Like the first Purge had a good idea, didn't have the money to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Second Purge expanded it. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Third Purge went too big it got it got too big for its bridges no don't watch it if you haven't seen it 
Don't bother. Just try listening to what we've said and don't go, oh, I got to see this for myself to figure out if they're right. We're right. Mm-hmm. Don't watch it. Yeah. But there is another issue at hand. What's the issue? This movie has made so much money already. Yeah. We're recording it on Friday, the day it comes out. And Thursday night, it already made like $3.7 million. It beat out the BFG. Yeah, it beat a Steven Spielberg movie. And also Tarzan with Alexander Skarsgård's abs. Which is a PG-13 <sighs> movie. It, this is an R-rated horror movie. It's Like, I can't help but feel happy that R-rated horror is doing so well in the box office. Mm-hmm. But this movie is not good. But you know what this means? We're going to get a sequel. We're going to get a Purge 4. They, Frank Grillo's going to be in it. Probably. They kind of sort of said this is going to be the last Purge movie. But I don't see how that could be yeah. true. Um, I assume any day now, I probably by the time that this podcast airs, it's already going to be maybe released or <laughs> it'll be greenlit so fast. It's probably already going to be greenlit. It's probably going to be greenlit tomorrow mm-hmm. is made so much money. Oh my God. The script will be out. Yeah. But if they make a fourth film, what do you want to see? What do you expect to see? Um, what I expect to see, I'll start off with that. Like the end of this film with kind of like, Oh, the purge is over but like violence is broken out in response uh-huh. so i'm guessing like that was set up for the next one uh what do i want to see wait so 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 you expect to see like a juarez situation yeah every day is the purge yeah every day is south south side chicago uh what do i want to see like i don't know can't be fun can't be inoffensive fun that's what i want to see can't be inoffensive fun yeah no i i feel that it's got to like, I dug the political stuff that was going on in the first two Purge movies mm-hmm. because it was not front and center, and I thought it was interesting. But clearly, James DeMonaco cannot deal directly with these issues. Mm-hmm. He should not be allowed to do that. Um, Hire a better scriptwriter. Yeah. If Brennan's the, available. I am available. Hello. If the Purge 4 has to be written by him, I believe it does have potential because Anarchy was fun, and that was him. Mm-hmm. I want more of... The party in the USA, Bachelorette Girls. I want him to just go bonkers, go nutso. The whole thing, like Party in the USA, it had an uh, this movie had an America theme. It was set in Washington D.C. It its political stuff is there. I knew it was going to be dumb political stuff, and I was ready for this over the top like Party in the USA atmosphere. I was not expecting uh, him attempting to be Schindler's List or whatever, and like tackling the big issues and completely failing. Mm-hmm. Um, I want him to still like have an agenda but not care so much about it. Mm -hmm. But what I expect, this movie was kind of touted as the end of the Purge franchise. The final chapter of any horror franchise is never the final chapter, as we have hopefully learned. But I think that the place to go after the end is obviously a prequel. we got to see the first Purge, which was actually an early draft of this That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Yeah. Like, we got to see how it got started, and I do think it would be interesting to see... A world that has not had the purge for so long, is not used to the purge, how they would try it out for Mm -hmm. the first time. That could be very interesting. We'll probably get a Frank Grillo origin story. Yeah, because he's got to be in there somewhere. Like Mm -hmm. like Muppet Babies, Frank Grillo running around. (laughs) I think that would actually be a really interesting Mm -hmm. story to see just in terms of that. Yeah, like I hadn't thought about that yet before. And like you just talking about it now makes me like, okay, I'm ready to be like disappointed again. Let's do this. God, yeah. But yeah, that that's kind of it about the purge election year. Don't see it. Let's purge it from our minds and our bodies mm-hmm. by ending this episode of the right. podcast. 
if you watched the purge election year and want to share your own opinions with us we would love to hear them if you want to complain with us share your favorite terrible lines or defend this movie we will listen to you yeah. you can find us on twitter at scream 101 pod on facebook at scream 101 podcast you can email us at scream 101 podcast at gmail.com find us on itunes subscribe rate and review us thank you so much for listening uh as always thank you for joining me sergio no thank you for having me brennan it's been a fun time you're welcome good luck on your journey stay gold hooray we did it we did it right the first time we got through it in one take and now we're gonna have to cut all this part out but we did it right yay anymore Ooh, look at the m audio thing it's so cute i'm looking at the bars oh you can see him bars uh you know what my childhood fears were not bees uh well no that i definitely was afraid of bees forever and always um but as a child i was not afraid of politics yeah political allegory which is all this movie has to offer I mean, and it's, it's like one line of political allegory no the whole thing is political allegory it's about gun violence is it really yeah i had no idea it's about gun violence police we're violence gonna edit this out okay because i i want to pretend that i'm smart we're editing this out okay i have to start over you know what i was not afraid of as a child is political allegory because that's like all this movie has to offer and it's you know, okay, maybe... Oh God. Did I throw you off, Shug? You did. You know what I was not afraid of as a child? This politi... Oh, God. You know what I was not afraid of as a child? Mosquitoes. You know what I was not afraid of as a child? Mosquitoes? You know what I was not afraid of as a child? What, Brennan? God, just... You don't have to answer. This okay. is a rhetorical question. You keep looking at me. Sorry, I'm... I'm, 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 use, I'm giving you the eyes to tell you to shut up. Those aren't those eyes. <laughs> okay. They're so nice. Like <laughs> Santa Claus eyes. <laughs> You're, you seem scared, though. A little. Out of five screams, what would you rate this moment? Like a one. Okay. There's no jumping. You know what I was not afraid of as a kid? Uh, poorly constructed political allegory, because that's like all this movie has to offer. That's right. I totally got the fact that it was about gun violence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. This episode was brought to you by Cupholder Radio. You can find more episodes of this show and others at cupholderradio.com or wherever podcasts are sold. Get out. The podcast is coming from inside the house. Hello there. I'm Uncle Ponyboy. Do you like suspense? Don't go in there. Buckets of blood and human excrement? Pour upon me. Gratuitous nudity with more boobies than you can handle? Let me see them. And radical hairstyles? Oh, yeah! Then you should check out the Gore Gab Podcast, hosted by yours truly and DJ Gill. Hello! You can find us on the iTunes Podcast Store and on Twitter at Gore Gab Podcast. And while you're at it, go ahead and go check out cupholderradio.com. It's podcast for the weird at heart.